listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We, as you saw and as I asked yesterday, we're going to be talking about uh, how to take your God idea from a point of vision to a point of actually bringing it into the reality that is your personal business, your personal ministry, whatever it might be. We're going to deal with that. What are the steps? What are the steps that bring us from vision to actual fruition? Carolyn said, I'm here for a minute, then I'm off to homeschool. <laughs> She's a homeschooler. Hey, Cynthia. And um, we're going to deal with it today because, and I put it on Instagram this way, because we don't want to see Christian businesses suck, <laughs> as so many do. Don't you agree? <laughs> I agree. We've seen it. Jehovah Jireh Landscaping. Hebrews, Jehovah Java. (laughs) It's just, it seems like, and I don't know if you feel this way. It seems like people think that because they're a Christian and have a business, that all Christians should just support their business. Yes. Without any work on their part or (laughs) effort or quality of excellence, it's just, so to speak. It's like we, I almost feel like, and we're going to get into this. We almost, I almost feel like people feel like we should, we should have some kind of loyalty to them and their business because they go to our church or because they are a Christian or whatever it might be. And that's not the case. You know, no matter if you're a Christian or not, your business has to have excellence. It has to be efficient. It has to do what it's created to do. And so, um, you know, that's why Zach Wilson said, I heard about this random business that just smushes cake into a lollipop shape. It's weird. (laughs) Somebody's calling you out, Britt. But um, it's true, though. It's like it blows my mind that people think we should just be like loyal to their business because they're a Christian. Or It's like, I don't know why all the Christians aren't using me because your business sucks. We can never get a hold of you. You never finish your jobs. You overcharge you do subpar work, you know, it's, it's those things. And so, you know, we're going to give you practical steps today. Um, just off the bat, she won't say this about herself, but Tiffany is a very successful business owner and she knows what it takes to do these things. One of the biggest, uh, benefits that she plays a role in this ministry is handling all of these, uh, areas that really make us more efficient, um, more impactful, I can say that truthfully, since that, since you've been a part of this ministry, um, our efficiency has definitely gone to another level. Um, organization, communication, all the things that we need. Um, we've got a great team. Jenna kills it. Tiffany kills it. Everybody, we've got Zach, now Heather, everybody. We're all working, Carolyn, so hard towards one goal, but it's hard to accomplish that goal if there's not proper organizational structure, efficiency, communication, systems. I love systems. She's a systems queen. I love systems so much. I should get her a tiara and a sash that says systems systems queen. Systems. (laughs) Because, and it's it's absolutely true. So we're going to touch on a lot of these topics today. Toes might get stepped on. Sorry. Sorry. 
toes are going to get stepped on. What's up, Phil? What's up, AJ? And good morning, Letty. But it's, it's the only reason we're doing it this way. We want to see you thrive. And that's what the title of the broadcast is. How to uh, take your God idea and turn it into a thriving business because God wants you to thrive. God wants you to be impactful. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be efficient. And so we're going to, this is going to be less of, of course, we will uh, quote scripture and we, th- this stuff is biblically based because God is efficient and he created us to be efficient. But this is going to be a practical day. <laughs> Hope said I got them steel toe boots on. <laughs> Hopefully you won't need them that bad. But uh, we are going to just deal with the, the stuff that's very, very important to know. And so that your business, your Christian business doesn't fail and suck. I've seen too much of it. I've seen too much of it. And so we want to help you. We want to help you a lot. And so um, and we're going to jump right into this. And yesterday, kind of what we, we started talking about, you get, you know, we get in the anointing. God speaks to us. You know, we have these visions. We have things that he's directed us to do. Um, we have vision. And that's good. But the, the worst thing ever is to have vision and just leave it as vision. It's only ever a dream. Yeah, absolutely. Because then it just turns into frustration. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's what I want. One day I'm going to have that. One day I'm going to start that business. One day I'm going to do And it just leads to frustration because your vision never becomes manifestation. And so there's people that have been talking about their thing for 20 years. Yeah. And it's, none of it's happened. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think that's a, a big problem that I see is that kind of people get stuck in that whole idea of the Holy Spirit gave me an idea, so I'm just going to wait for it to happen. Yep. And that there's no action required on their part. And so they sit on the vision and they're talking about it for, and you were talking about this yesterday, how like some things are really time sensitive. So there's like a grace to move on ideas. There's an anointing to move on ideas. And there are plenty of times that I can look back and say like, oh man, I missed it. I missed that moment. Um, you know, and this can apply to a business. This can apply to ministry. This can apply to a lot of different things. So if you're watching and you're like, I don't have a business and that's not my direction, some of this stuff is still going to apply. Even if it's not like your full-time business, you know, God will anoint you and give you an idea that can be just like a side thing that you do from home for two, three hours a night. And, and it brings in all this extra income. Absolutely. I mean, do you realize how easy it is if you were to just put your put yourself into that place where you dedicated three hours a night or something like that, three to four hours a night, you get home, you know, nobody's going to bed at 10 o'clock PM. I mean, you know, you people just sit around and watch Netflix. What if you took two to three to four hours a night on average to work on something that was yours, that God gave you, you, do you know how easy it would be for you to just add $20,000 of income to your life a year, $30,000 of income, And then it just grows. Because God gave you an idea and you stewarded it faithfully and you turned it into what he wanted for your, for your life. He wants to bless you. That's why he gives you ideas. If you just gave three, four hours a night to this thing and were efficient and were faithful with it, stewarded it, you could, I mean, literally you could, without making it your full-time job, you could, even as a stay-at-home mom, do you know how many opportunities there are? For a stay-at-home mom that's like, well, I just, I just, am, I'm a, there are so many opportunities that from your living room, from your kitchen, in your sweatpants, in your Uggs, you know, that you can 
pull your tablet out. You can pull your laptop out and make things happen. I'm sure you've seen stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's called the internet. Everything, there are so many opportunities available on the internet and you might be thinking to yourself, well, I'm not somebody that wants to put myself out there. I'm not somebody that wants to be on camera. There are plenty of opportunities you can do that are service-based or product-based. Um, so many people looking for virtual assistants. Like there's so many different things that you can do, whether you're going to be doing the service or product yourself, or whether you wanna be a manager and have people underneath you. And your gift maybe is the organizing of the business and the managing. Um, there's, there's so many opportunities depending on what your personality is, what you're passionate about. Um, the internet makes things pretty, pretty not, endless. Not only that, you know it's easier than ever now because after 2020 happened and everyone started working from home, companies are realizing you don't have to be in an office Absolutely. to get the work done. Mm -hmm. And people start to realize like I can do a whole lot more work from home and not be bothered by 90 people dropping by my desk to shoot the breeze and you know all these other things. You can be even more uh, efficient from home if you discipline yourself properly and get a whole lot more work done. And but the nice thing is this: people's mindsets has now they've now changed to where people are like, actually, I don't mind somebody working from home for me. I don't, I don't mind somebody doing my bookkeeping and doing my organization of my office and staff from their house. I actually don't mind that. It actually works pretty good and I don't have the overhead of leasing some space to put all of my employees in. And you know what? It's going to save me money. It's going to save me headache. It's going to save me time. And it's a better time than ever before to like launch these things right out of your house. And God wants you to have these things to be blessed and he'll use you and he'll give you these ideas. But here's the, here's the thing we're dealing with today. How do you take the idea, the vision, and bring it to pass to where it's a full-out practical uh, manifestation of God's idea or God's vision in your heart? That's what we're going to deal with today. Um, if you missed yesterday, I talked about SMART goals. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's kind of common for the business world. Maybe the Christian world doesn't know it as much. Uh, I'll just do a brief overview, pop in where you want. But... The word SMART is used as an acronym so that each of those letters stands for something that should define your goal. Don't just make goals. Don't just make random vague goals. They need to have a target for them to come to pass or else you're just, they're just fantasies at that point. So just to give you a quick overview, um, SMART goals, they stand for specific goals, measurable goals, attainable goals goals, relevant goals, and time-based goals. That's what those stand for. And it's just, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about at the beginning is starting with the end in mind. That's something that you've brought that's a mm -hmm. big part of your workflow all the time. Begin with the end in mind. In fact, those of you that are watching, put it in the comments because this is a massive part of what we're going to talk about today. Begin with the end in mind. That's so huge because it will define how you work towards that end. Like if you've got that specific goal set up, this is what I want the end result to be, that will change how you work from the beginning. It will change how you travel towards your destination if you know the way you want it to happen and what, it, what you want it to look like. Begin with the end in mind. Don't just like start off and say, well, I hope this turns into something. No, have a specifically planned ending. Where, how should this culminate? 
when, if, if everything, you know, if everything worked the way that I wanted it to work, what would that look like? And it's probably good to write that down and define it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you get your vision, I think especially like girls get stuck in that whole like I've bought my pretty planner and I'm all ready to go and I've written my notebook and I'm taking all the cool Instagram flat lays and I'm posting on Instagram that this is what I'm doing because you know when you get an idea for a business that's a really exciting time you're you know you're getting your Instagram handle and your Facebook page and you're picking out colors and maybe you're thinking about a logo and telling everybody about it and that's a really exciting place to be but you wanna start thinking about where do I want this to go so that I can start, like Ted said, making decisions that are going to get me closer. So um, one of the things that I'm really passionate about in everything that I do, whether it's in my business, whether it's working as a team here in the ministry, is keeping the end goal in mind because that's going to affect all of the decisions, all of the tasks that I take on. Um, and you know, when you start your business, when I started my photography business, I didn't know that it was going to look like what it looks like today. There's a lot of things that I tried in the beginning that weren't good fits or, you know, I might have gone in this direction in order to figure out, oh, you know what, I actually really like doing things this way. So it, it doesn't have to be, when I say have the end goal in mind, it doesn't have to be perfectly defined. You don't have to see everything or be 100% decided, but you want to have an idea of where you're going. You want to have an idea of, okay, let's say you want to sell a product all right, what do you want that to look like? Do you wanna sell that product online? Do you wanna sell that product in a store? Do you wanna sell that product at local you know, farmer's markets? Like what kind of direction are you going in so that you can start making the decisions, this is where I'm headed, this is where I'm going. Um, something that has always really helped me is I like to think of my you know, customer slash client, depending on if you're doing product or service, their journey from start to finish. So if my end goal as a photographer is to have a client who's walking away with printed photographs for their home, where does that begin? Almost like looking at that, that's the finished product. Someone paid me to photograph them. They have printed photographs hanging on the wall of their home. Now let's move backwards. How do I get to that one spot? Um, and that, that applies to anything. If you're saying, I want to start you know, selling pies online. Um, okay, how does, that, how does that work? How does, how does that finished product of somebody having a pie delivered to their doorstep, how does that work? How are you going to ship them? How are they going to be packaged? How is it going to be made? Are you making them? Are you having a team make them? So really having the end in mind is so helpful because you can look at a vision and you can look at this is my goals and this is what I want to do, but it's that place I feel like people get stuck the most is figuring out what are my action steps to get there because I've never done this before. I've never had a business. What are my action steps? So yeah. even if you're only filling in some of the steps at a time and some of the pieces, it's going to help you to create this client customer map from start to finish on, okay, this is where, I, this is where I'm starting and this is where I'm going to end up. So like, how do I get there? And I can see the pieces in between and now I see, okay, I need to, fi I need to figure out this step or this, this part is kind of missing. I need to figure out what's gonna happen here. So I think happen happening to see the end towards the beginning is really gonna help you as far as like coming up with what those action steps are even going to be. And then think about this, because this is, this is so amazing. When you do that, catch this now, you are not isolated in your business, meaning you have experienced tons of other businesses in your lifetime, right? 
You've experienced tons of other ship to my doorstep businesses. You've expe you've experienced tons of other, I met them at their location and I, I experienced their, uh, you know, whatever their, their storefront uh, location. And I, I browsed and I saw what their customer service was like and all these different things. But here's a question, because as you've experienced all of these other things, what I would encourage you to do, and I'm sure she would too, is look at all of the ones that you've experienced that are very much like what you're going to do, and then do this, because this is what I would do. Write down the things about those businesses that annoyed you. Like, write down the things that were like broken about their system. Like, you know, I could, you know, my, my, my product didn't arrive for like two days after it was supposed to, and I couldn't get a hold of anybody like massive red X on their business. And it annoyed you enough to where you still remember it. And it's like, it, it, it's an annoyance. So make sure that you're like, you know what? That's never going to be my business. And so, because this is something I see happen with other businesses, that's an annoyance to the client slash customer. I'm going to take action steps to ensure this is never me. Like this is never me. So whether that means you know, I, 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 I subscribe to some sort of a text service so that my clients can text me at any time. And I have those notifications on, on my phone. And I have a specific ringtone slash notification tone. That's just for that text service from my clients slash customers. So that anytime I hear that noise, it's not the same as my normal text noise. It's not the same as my ringtone for a call. It's a separate noise that I know, boom, that's a client trying to get a hold of me. That's a customer trying to get a hold of me about something, which in your mind, it's a demarcation between this is my personal life, this is my business life, and if it's my bit, if that thing pops out and I hear it, I need to jump on that. I need to jump on that and make sure that the client slash customer never feels neglected never feels like just a number within a mass of numbers, but each one feels like an individual that you've built a relationship with that they want to use you again and again and again because the process was so seamless. And so like the process shouldn't even be noticed, right? The, where you get into a problem is when the process is visible. When you're like, oh, I, it was hard for me to sign up. Oh, it was hard for me to get my uh, information to them. Oh, it was hard for me to get the shipping tracking numbers. Oh, it was hard for me. It was late and I couldn't get a hold. If the, if the process shows up in your face, it's broken. The best process is the invisible process where it's like, you didn't even think about it. It's just like, boom, made the order. Few, three days later, I had it in my hand. I never had to talk to anybody. It came on time. Uh, I even got a follow-up call asking me if I enjoyed the product. And you know, I'll give you an example before I, um, before I look at Steven's question, um, one of the, one of the companies that I use that I, I mean, I could buy my stuff pretty much anywhere. Like uh, when I talk about like musical gear and, and stuff like that, if I'm buying keyboards, if I'm buying guitar stuff, if I'm buying things for music, I could buy those anywhere. I could buy them at Sam Ash. I could go to guitar center. I could go to musiciansfriend.com. I could go to all these places. There's a reason that I often and almost always, I'd say 90 some percent of the time, buy from sweetwater.com. And there's a reason for that. I've never seen customer service like I see from their company, ever. I'm blown away by it. Like, they're so smart that when you first uh, set up an account with their website, they assign you to a 
salesperson who remains your salesperson forever. And like, they call you personally. Like if you uh, are looking at something or you may have left something in your cart, they'll call you up and say, hey, if you had any questions about that and you start to know that person. And you're like, oh, Dave from Sweet, Sweetwater called me. He wants to know if I had questions about this certain synthesizer or whatever. After I buy, you can call them up. They'll walk you through things. After I buy, I have voicemails right now from three days ago where my, my representative has just called me multiple times and say, hey, I saw your stuff was delivered to your house. Didn't know if you needed any walkthroughs on how to set it up. Do you like the product? What's your feedback? You feel like a family member of that company because they've not made you feel like a customer. They've made you feel like I've got a family style relationship with this person now to where like, if I'm thinking now to myself with all these choices in the world, where am I going to buy my next guitar? I'm not like, well, maybe I'll go to, I know Dave. I'm going to call Dave and say, Hey Dave, I'm looking for a new guitar. What's new? What's good? Walk me through it. I can trust Dave because Dave has allowed me to trust him by building that relationship that's more family than it is client and customer. It's still client and customer, but I don't feel like it is because they've done such excellence in building relationships with their clients. So I never feel like a number. I feel like I'm part of the Sweetwater team. You know, I'm part of the Sweetwater family. Yeah, absolutely. And those are things that somebody at some point mapped out. This is what we want our customers to feel like. It's not just like what happens at every stage. It's like, this is the action that our business is going to take. And because we're doing this action, this is how our customer feels. And this is the action we're going to take when our customer has a question. This is the action we're going to take when our customer makes a purchase. All of those little things that we experience, like you said, without even thinking about it, we order something online. We have this seamless, awesome experience without any glitches that took somebody sitting down and mapping out start to finish this is every point of my client journey this is every part of my customer journey from start to finish this is how we're going to handle problems this is how we're going to handle you know any order issues this is how we're going to handle making sure that they feel valued as a customer that they weren't just somebody else who bought from them that they know your name that they know what you're working on that you know somebody sat down and decided i want to not just have you know this I would say music, music brand, music, mm -hmm. you know, what, what yeah. Sweetwater incorporates. But somebody sat down and says, I want this to be personal. I want it to stand out because I want them to think, you know what? I could run to Guitar Center and pick right. this up really quick. But you know what? I'm just going to order from Sweetwater because I know Dave. And, yep. you know, so that's that stuff makes a difference. And they get it to you You never have an issue. If, if, I mean, like, they're so quick. There's stuff I've returned things. I didn't like stuff I bought. Like, no problem. Send it back to mm -hmm. us. That's all right. You know, you don't like it, send it back to us. We'll get it. And it's not hard. You know, that's what people want. Anything that hassles people should be removed from your business. Absolutely. Anything that hassles people, put it in the comments. Any hassle should be removed. Everything you do for your client slash customer should be hassle-free. Hassle-free. They shouldn't have to think of any of it. You should have thought of all of it. All of it. And so no, nobody should be annoyed because your, your business was a hassle. I mean, and, and, it, and it is, I've seen so many businesses that are a hassle. This is such a big point that, that we're making today. Look at others that are doing what you're doing and say, what's broken about their system? Because what's going to happen is you're going to become the choice when you, when you fix that system, you're going to become the choice, you know? And, and Daniel said, I feel like that with the kids homeschool company. They're so amazing. They call personally to check on the boys. It means so much to me. That's what I'm talking about. That's what makes it great because anybody can sell you a guitar. Anybody can sell you homeschool books. 
anybody can take pictures of you. It's not about the product as much as it is about the relationship. I'll tell you this, and this plays in massively. Um, people don't remember what you say. People remember how you made them feel. And that is huge. I mean, that's, that's one of the uh, pieces of advice someone gave me about public speaking was that people don't always remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. The same thing's true with business. They may not remember every single thing they ever bought from you, but they remember the feeling of dealing with your company. That's what I'm doing. I can't list all the things I've bought from Sweetwater to you. I, I could go back and look through my account invoice, but like I can tell you how I feel about that relationship I have with Sweetwater. I like it. I, don't, I wouldn't trade it for another company because of what they've built with me. And, and that's why I'll keep going back there because I don't even remember if I got the best price or the best deal. But I will tell you this, I would pay more to a certain degree for the same product to deal with them. Like for example, what's the point of like, okay, I could buy this keyboard from another company, it's $100 less, but it's such a, a, a hassle to deal with them. It's like to get anybody on the phone, to get their website working, to get my stuff, I won't take my credit card, and I can't get my shipping information to work, and I keep getting an error every time I try to use their site, and I, but I could just call David Sweetwater and it's done in two days. I would pay $150, $200 more for the same product to deal with Dave and make it easy on my life. Like, that's how people think. Why do you think that people buy certain things? You know, I know part of it is status. You know, part of it is status. Um, part of it is one of the smartest things Apple ever did because they, they, they've never had the desire to be the cheapest computer on the market. Yeah. Never. Mm -hmm. They've never had the desire to be the cheapest tablet on the market or the cheapest phone. But what they did that was so smart is that they created a tribe of people that have similar vision. And they said, you know what? We're not trying to be the cheapest. We're trying to be the best for our tribe. We want them to be happy with the user experience. We want them to be happy with, you know, all those different things. And people keep going back and back and back. You know, people buy the, the new iPhone every year and they don't even need it, but they just go back and they get the next tablet and they get the next laptop and they get the next Apple TV and they get the next Apple watch. And they've built a tribe of people that have similar visions and goals as what they want and they serve it to them. Do you know, I'll give you this before we, before we jump into the next thing. When Apple decided to really bring out a tablet onto the market, because really the iPad, there were other tablets, but the iPad opened the door for, for mass marketing of, of, a, of a tablet. People said like en masse, people were like, well, now that we have like such a great iPhone uh, product and we've got such a great portable MacBook Air product, there's no space in between for any other product. And Apple's like, yes, there is. And, and I heard somebody say one time, I was like, we don't know what we want until they tell us, like yeah. until Apple tells us. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, there actually is a space in between a phone and a, a very portable laptop for a tablet that can do things that you didn't even know you needed done. But really, in all, in all seriousness, it's that they first formed their tribe and they know how their tribe thinks and they know what their tribe wants ahead of time. So they're ahead of the curve because they see the problems that others don't see that they can solve with something else. And you didn't even realize you needed it slash wanted it until they showed you 
what they're solving for you. And that's what you have to do. You have to be, when you're looking at this, I, I never want to, I never want to, please write this down because this is huge. I never want to just sell products. I want to solve problems. Okay. I want to solve people's problems. That is the thing that makes you great. I don't, I'm not looking to just sell products. I'm looking to solve problems. It's like, what's the, and you say, well, I do something that's entertainment based or that's it, like a, doesn't matter because you think of it, how many people love a good pie? But it's like, you know what? I don't want to bake a pie. There's so much that goes into baking a pie. I don't want to do that. And I don't really care for store-bought pies. I think they're terrible. What if I could get a homemade pie delivered to my doorstep and I didn't have to do any of the work and I didn't even have to run to the store and buy some crappy pie that doesn't even taste like good homemade pie. Now someone's solving your problem. The problem is you want homemade pie without making a homemade pie. I'll do it for you. I'll make the homemade pie and put it on your doorstep within two days and you're eating cherry pie with goo all over your face and you didn't have to pick up one bag of flour. And there it is. You solved a problem. And it's, it's more about solving problems seamlessly yeah. than selling a product. So much about what you just said. I think that part of your vision needs to be who your client and customer is and knowing them because that's gonna help you define what problems you actually solve. So even how you are saying that, um, you know, one of the things as a, like a good example is that like, I'm not the photographer for everyone. Yes. So by me coming to that place, like just how Apple is not, they weren't looking to be the cheapest computer on the market because they weren't looking to be what everybody is buying. They were saying, this is our client, this is who is going to pay more for what we are offering, for experience, for quality. So I, I put that into my business. I'm not the photographer for everyone. I'm the photographer for this client. This is what she wants. This is our problems that I solve. And so by having that vision of, okay, this is what I offer. Because a lot of people can't even say, this is what I do. Like if you ask them, what is it that you do? It's very rare that somebody can actually answer clearly, this is what I do. And this is how I do it. This is the problem that I solve. Um, every business is in some way or another solving problems that's like right. that. That's what your business does. Um, and it's not necessarily like you have to kind of redefine what you might think problem means because your, your service is fulfilling an answer to somebody's problem. Let, let me, let me say right there before, before we go on, because this is so big that people don't even realize how big this is. But, but think about this. They even tell you now, all of the gurus for social media marketing, all that, uh, if you're going to start a YouTube channel, right, to promote yourself or you do your thing, you would think that the broader you could make the focus of your YouTube channel, the more growth it would have because you have more things for people to be interested in to watch your YouTube videos. The exact opposite of that is true, that the more narrow you can make your focus on something, the more of a reach you'll have because it's actually specifically geared to just that group of people. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like she's saying, like, let me give you like an, uh, an example for, for her. T Tiffany does newborn photography, right? So if she started a, a, a channel, a, a YouTube channel, where she was going to do tutorials on photography, right? She would actually not do well to just start a photography YouTube channel. There's too many of those, far too many of those. So she could, she could do it down to uh, uh, tutorials on how to take pictures of families. Still not narrow enough. Still not narrow enough. She could go further. How to take pictures of kids. Still not narrow enough. You could go all the way down to what she actually does. This channel 
is dedicated to taking pictures of newborns, like newborn photography. That's such a specific niche. And you'd think, well, no one's going to watch that. How few people are there that are just doing newborn photography? And you start to realize that the world's a big place and there's a lot of people that are looking for a very specific thing. And when you narrow it down, it because what happens is you become the specialist to those people that are looking for how to do that stuff. And you think of all that goes into that. So let's say she did start that YouTube channel where she said, like, I'm going to do tutorials on newborn photography. Well, think of all the things that she could teach. Like, what are the best locations to shoot newborn photography? What's the best time of day to shoot newborn photography? What, what's the best ways to get good black and white images of newborn photography? What's the best way to shoot film? What's the best way to develop your film so that it looks like premium? And, and what's the best way to deliver those things to the client uh, for the moms? And how do you work with a mom? Like, you know, let's say I've got a mom that's, you know, how do I work around? There's issues. What about breastfeeding moms? And there's got to be breaks during the, during the shoot. And how do I deal with all these things? There you go. And it's so much you can talk about. Yes, it's a very narrow niche, but you're, you become the specialist for those people. That's what, like, like Brit, you know, you think like, well, shouldn't Brit add some other items to her menu instead of just cake pops? No, make the bangingest cake pops that there are. And, and that's, you know, we go to a place called Crumble. Yes, and we Crumble do. just makes cookies. And only five flavors. And only five flavors. And, and you can maybe get some milk from them, but that's it. Sometimes. M sometimes. Milk and cookies. You say, well, Crumble needs to add some more things to their menu to get more clients to come in. They don't care about more clients. Mm -hmm. They want cookie lovers coming in the door and you know, you know how crazy it is if you've ever gone, if you've ever gone on to crumble and seen, if you've never seen crumble, we, uh, we have it on Instagram. We're like every, what is it? Monday morning, Sunday, Sunday night, night. Sunday every night. Sunday night, they <laughs> drop their new flavors for the week. It's genius. And we're like, but what's the new flavors? What's the new flavors? And we're like, we're like freaking out. Like we're drug addicts, you know, like, and it's like, oh, look at the new flavors for this week. And then we're like ready to go. And I think it was like an attack of the enemy that he just put one right next door to my house. I don't know what's going on, but it's like, she thinks, no, that's a blessing from the Lord. I said, it's definitely the enemy. But, but think about it. It's like people that think that way don't understand the way a great product works. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'll give you an example. When St Steve Jobs started Apple, they kicked him out of his own company because he put the wrong person in as CEO. They put the guy from Pepsi in. They kicked him out of his own company. He went and started three other companies. And when Apple was about to tank, they brought him back to be the head of his company. He came back. And when, when he came back to Apple, think about this. They had 100 products in research and development. 100 products. When he came back, he axed 90 of them and said, we're only going to make 10 products. 10. To this day. And he's been gone. To this day. What do they have? Computers. Tablets, phones, watch, Apple TV. I mean, I feel like those are the major uh, ones. An iPod. They still have an iPod Touch. They do still have an iPod Touch. Yeah, so, so six things. Six major things that that, and it's one of the most valuable companies in the world. Yeah, those six products run the world. Those six <laughs> products run the world. And the headphones, yeah, that's right, headphones. seven things. Headphones. So you think about that. Seven things that they make that run the world. Think about it. That's crazy. We don't make a hundred things. We don't make 50 things. We make seven things very well, very well. I don't make all desserts. I make cake pops very well. That's what you got to think like. That's what you got to think like. And that's what you're doing. 
Yeah, so you have your vision for what you want to do. You map out your customer journey from start to finish. This is what all the steps of my customer journey are going to be like. This is what I want them to feel. These are the steps I need to take in order to make that happen, to do all of those customer touch points along the way. And then having a clear idea of who your client is, just like he's saying with Apple, I know they know who their customer is. They're not concerned with trying to reach people who are not into, like people that have all these things to say about why they don't like Apple, they're not going after those people. Apple doesn't spend a lot of time defending their products because their customers are so loyal, they don't even need to defend them on why they're the greatest. Um, and so to be practical on like the examples that he was given, I know who my client is as a photographer. I've niched my niched, niched my business down to where I know who she is and a lot of um, marketers will even give you an example of doing the exercise where you actually give your client a name, like in your head, like actually map out, my client's name is Sarah. She's this age, she lives here, she makes this much money, she drives this kind of car, she wears these kind of clothes, and actually will have you spend time really thinking about, like I can be walking in a certain kind of store and I can pick somebody out from the crowd and I can be like, that's my client. I can see her, I know what she's like, I know what, um, and by spending time thinking about that and um, working with clients like that, it's gotten me so comfortable with A, being able to say no to things that are not a good fit. I, I can know when a client's not gonna be a good fit. Um, and because I've niched my business down, I have confidence in doing that. Like that's, I know that it's okay to say no because I'm not the photographer for everyone. But I know my client and my customer so well that it gives me all of these practical action steps to do all the other things like market to her. So when you go on my website, my goal was, okay, I, I literally, I picture her pulling up my website and I know that I have, you know, a small window of time to explain this is what I do and you're who I do it for, and these are the problems that I solve, which means I had to spend time thinking about what are her problems, so to speak. So if a new mom wants to, you know, I can even make this even more specific to give you kind of a better example. I usually work with first-time moms. Um, it's usually their first baby. They usually struggle to getting pregnant, so it's a big deal. It's a really big deal to have these newborn photos. I work with moms who, this is, this is a time that they want to remember forever, and so, um, and even their style, their style, they like black and white, they like timeless. And so I don't try to be all these other things. I don't try to put bright colors on my website. I don't show a lot of color photography because I do, I, I do black and white. That's what my client wants. And so when you go on my website, I took time thinking about, okay, what questions does she have? And I need to make sure that I'm answering them before she's even on page two. So you can, you can apply that concept to anything that you're doing. So if you're thinking about, you know, we, we always use Brit as an example with cake pops, but, um, you know, a perfect example of that is, okay, a client of Brit's might be somebody who is looking for party favors. So Brit can have resources down on her website on how to have, you know, how to make it so easy for them to have favors for their website, mm -hmm. I mean, favors for their event. So you just want to ask yourself who my client is, what are their problems that I'm solving? What are their questions so that I can be one step ahead in answering them? Because that's going to build a connection. Like you were saying with Sweetwater, they're answering your questions. They're like one step ahead of anything that you need, anything that you want. And that's right. what makes you want to work with them is totally. because they've established themselves as the expert. And so for, for me, I've, I've become an expert. I've become a specialist in motherhood photography, in newborn photography, yep. but specifically in black and white film newborn photography, because that's what I decided I wanted to niche down in. And um, yeah, so I think that that's really, that, that's, that's a big, it, it sounds pretty 
baseline, but it's it's something that a lot of people have trouble with because in the beginning you're so excited and you want to do so many things and you don't you feel this like um, like fear of cutting your business too short and mm-hmm. saying no to things because you're in the beginning you want to say yes to everything because right. it's it's it feels like oh man that wouldn't be that would be stupid to say no to that person even though I don't really do that. Um, Right. You know, I did everything in the beginning. I, anybody that was willing to be in front of my camera and pay me, I was like, sure, I'm there. Yep. And not that that was a bad thing looking back as far as I learned what well, I like you, to do. You, you, you learn things through more it. You proficient with your skills. Oh, absolutely. That's Practicing, learning. Um, so not to say that you're going to be a specialist right from, right from the gate, but it was my goal as I was building my business, as I was trying different things, as I was shooting in different scenarios. I had that end goal in mind of like I saw these businesses that were specialized, that were sought out, that could charge more because they were a specialist in their field. No one had a brand like them. So everything that I started to do, as I was able to do, which we'll talk more about like choosing you know, what you're investing in, time and money, but everything that I did was moving towards that direction of like, that's where I want to go. So I started making decisions of taking on, okay, I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to say yes to this because that's the direction that I want my business to go in. The other thing too is, uh, let's talk about this. When you start, nobody knows who you are. That is huge. So let's get into this practically. I've started my thing. The Lord gave me an idea. I started it. I got the website, URL, you know, whatever. I got my product going. Here's the deal. Number one, um, uh, let's deal with this because this is a good question from Mackenzie. How do you as a business person handle harsh criticism from unhappy customers? What would you do if they completely blast you on social media? Um, my, I'll let Tiffany give hers, I'll give mine. Um, the first thing you do is everything in your power to make them a happy customer. Like, what do you want? Do you want, I mean, I know her, I've heard her talk about it. She'd be willing to refly back to the place and retake the pictures if the lady was like, I got my prints, they're horrible, I hate them, I hate every picture you took. I'll fly back at my own expense and retake them the way you want them because more than anything, remember this, Mackenzie, and everybody watching, your biggest friend, your biggest friend in in this type of business, in the small businesses, home-based businesses, your biggest, biggest friend is word of mouth. Word of mouth. You can do all the SEO stuff, You can do all the Google search stuff. It's going to be word of mouth. Happy customers telling other people that are their friends, you need to hire Tiffany for your newborn photography. She's the best there is. So you're going to get that. If you, if you, what you're doing is you're leaving a customer behind that is trashing you and it's, it's a killer. You have to make that. You've got to make it right. You say like, I got, and you know, you won't always be able to, because it might be unreasonable, but you've got to do the work to be like, if you really did drop the ball, you've got to make it up. You can't just be like, well, you know, forget you. I mean, you know, you're just another. No, that's part of building that relationship. That feels like, listen, what can I do to help you? And don't, and I'll let you take it after this, but don't be standoffish with it. Don't be like, let me write them an email. Call them up and talk. Mm-hmm. That tone of voice is everything. Like they might be able to read your email and get more ticked off because they didn't like something where you worded something. Tone of voice cannot be mistaken. So if you're like, you know, they hear you talking to them that you want to solve this problem. You want to make this right. You know, I'm so sorry you weren't happy with the way things turned out. What can I do? You know, not only will I redo it, I'll give you 10% off your next uh, interaction with me or whatever. Yeah, I think there's so many things you can say about this, but definitely making a client 
who has any kind of issue making a customer that had any kind of problem, making them feel heard and seen is probably, you know, not making them feel like they're irritating you because they have a problem or like, oh, like, like, why are you being so difficult? Like, when you, you have to put yourself in their shoes with everything. Put yourself in your customer's shoes, put yourself in your client's shoes. How do you feel when you spent money on something and it's not what you expected? Yeah. I always go back to that. I charge way more than most photographers. And so I know that if I was making that investment, I would want, I would have certain expectations. And so that's why they've hired me. They have an expectation to have photos like they see on my website. And so I do everything in my power in the planning process to make sure that these are, if you want the images that you see on my website, this is this needs to happen. So it's not a free for all. We don't shoot at any time of day that works for them. We shoot at the time of day that I say is going to create the photos that you see on my website. We don't, you know, I give them, um, you know, tips to make it. I do everything in my power to make sure that they're going to have the experience that they're expecting. But every now and then, there's uncontrollable circumstances. There's times where maybe, you know, if I didn't do my best, and I'm usually the first, the first to say, you know, like if you've, you know, I, I don't know about this. Like if I've given, I'll give you a, just a practical example. I photographed a family this past summer, and it ended up raining. And there were there were outdoor pictures that ended up raining. That's not something I could control. It was the only night that we could do it. She ended up being completely fine with it. She was like, it was real photos with my family. And that was a really special scenario because any other mom I feel like would have been, you know, bummed out. She spent that money and invested and got everybody ready. It's a lot of work to do family photos. And so I was completely willing to, the next time I'm in the area, your session is on me. Mm. I even offered it up front. She didn't even accept it. So I'm huge because word of mouth has literally built my business. I know the power of a happy mom with who's happy with her photos, just like Ted was saying, versus an unhappy mom. Yep. And so I have I have traveled back to out of state where there was an issue, and I got on the phone with her. And of course, this you know, it's again knowing your clients. I work with first-time moms. They've never done this before. There's all kinds of postpartum feelings going on, and they have expectations of what it's going to be like beforehand, and then afterwards, maybe there was something they didn't like about how something looked. I get on the phone with my client. I talk through, and there's been times where I have returned, and because I handled the situation with understanding, I made her feel valued, I made her feel heard, then they ended up paying for my travel fees in order to come back. So it didn't, it wasn't an out-of-pocket thing. It was my time. Um, but they ended up paying, like, we'll pay for your travel. Thank you so much for coming. Like, it was something actually, like, I see now what I could have done differently. Like, we were able to come to an understanding. And so if you put yourself in your client's shoes, you come down to their level, yep. you make them feel seen, you make them feel heard. And, yeah, there are going to be times that, like, if you make a mistake... Yeah, you're going to pay for that. It, sure. it doesn't mean that like... And be willing to. Be willing to pay for it and understand what that... Um understand what that's going to do for your business Don't. is because somebody's like you said, are going to make them... They're not even going to remember, you know what? I did have that problem, but they, they, they rectified that situation yeah. and they, they actually like flew back. She, so it ended up being something where that mom could have told every friend that she has that like, oh my gosh, we spent all this money on photos and they weren't even what I thought. Like, I'm never going to spend that much money on photos again. That turned into, she was so great. She came back. I was so tired. And, and she, you know what I mean? Like that one I, change. I would say too, like, you know, don't forget, like, because everybody's, you can get so much about the money, the income of your business yeah. that you miss out on what, what's the driving force of your business. So like, I don't know how you would do it, but like, say for, say for example, it was me. It might be, this might be an unrealistic 
uh, for everybody, but like, think of it this way. If I, if I screwed up and that mom's unhappy and now, like she said, she could be telling all of her friends, like I spent all this money. They didn't come out how I wanted. She wasn't able to come back. And now I got to live with these pictures that I don't even like. It's worth it to me to call that mom up and be like, listen, not only am I willing to come back, but I'll, I'll refund you your whole amount that you paid me Mm -hmm. to do this. Like, I'll give you all your money back. The reason is because now that's me making an investment in further word of mouth. There's a book that every business owner should read. It's called Contagious. You need to write it in the comments. Contagious. Write this down and do not forget this. It's by Dr. Jonah Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R. Contagious. The reason I say that is because the whole book is about spreading ideas. Mm -hmm. What would make anybody talk about your product? What would make anybody talk about your business? What would make anybody say anything about your church, your ministry? And the reason that I bring that up is because word of mouth, again, is everything. It's everything. I promise you when I say this, it's everything. Um, when I, when I ran my uh, marketing and design firm in Virginia beach and I was doing it all, basically I had a website and all that, but all of my business, like 90 some percent of it came from word of mouth to the point where I was, because I was half in ministry, like doing that as, as that was my full-time job. And, but I was doing this, I had so much business coming in from that. I actually had to take my website down and put like a splash page up that was just like under construction. Don't contact us. Like, and I was still getting like contacted all the time. Because word of mouth drove everything ahead. It was just like, well, so-and-so told me you do an awesome job. And I, could you, I know you're not really doing that anymore, but could you just do me one website? Could you just do me these flyers or whatever it is? And it's because word of mouth drives you. Don't think of, it's the dumbest thing in the world to think like, I had to refund them their money. No, you invested all that money back into them to drive your word of mouth even further. You know how much, you know exponentially how much more money you're going to make by keeping their word of mouth? Versus like, like with what Mackenzie said, having somebody trashing you on Instagram and Facebook, I refunded you. Let's say it was $1,500, $2,500, $5,000. You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I refunded that. But what I'm doing is I'm actually investing $5,000 in word of mouth. I look at it. I look at it as an ad. I'm paying for an ad <laughs> because really what I'm doing now is by refunding the money, I'm creating an experience. I screwed up the first experience. So now I'm creating another experience with this client that has now reinstated my word of mouth value on the streets. You're redefining their experience with you. I give you a really practical example. I bought a, um, a phone case for my new phone when, um, when I got it and I was, I paid more, it was like an Australian brand. So I I paid more for it. I was so excited about it. It took a long time to get here with international shipping. It came and it just, it didn't last like I thought. Like the quality wasn't what, and I was so bummed about it because, you know, we've all had that experience. We're like, man, I spent money on this. It's totally not what I thought. And so I did a post on Instagram and I don't usually do that unless I'm like really ticked off. But I I did a post on Instagram just saying like, I'm so disappointed. Does anybody else have any recommendations for, you know, phone cases that are better? They contacted me immediately by Instagram DM said, we want to rectify the situation. That's not our typical quality. I had a brand new one literally at my doorstep within like 
four days from Australia. Like they overnighted it, brand new, like let us know how it goes. Like we wanna make sure that that's not everyone's experience. Mm -hmm. And so now when anybody brings up that brand, I no longer have that like, uh, like that triggered feeling like, of listen like, Listen to what ugh. they did for me. Like li literally, that's all I think about is the fact that they overnighted me a brand yep. new one, all just because I said that I was disappointed. Like I wasn't even being mean. I was just saying like, oh man, I need a new phone case. It's got a good the, brand. I'll tell you the opposite uh, of that. There was a guy, and this became famous, it like went viral. There was a guy who was flying on a certain airline, <clears throat> professional musician. Check, they made him, he, he usually carries his guitar on and puts it in the overhead. They made him check his guitar. And so he had to check his guitar, and when he did, they destroyed it. They broke his guitar on the trip. He reached out multiple times to this airline, talked to managers. No one would help him. No one would refund his, his money to buy a new guitar, none of that. So he wrote a song. It was like American Airlines Breaks Guitars, and it went viral. It was like a good song, but it went viral on YouTube. It went viral. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember what, what airline it was, but like it got millions and millions of views on, on whatever. They, they then reached out to him like desperately, like we will do anything. We'll pay for your guitar to please take that video down. Please take the song down, all this stuff. And he was like, you had your opportunity. You had your chance. It's staying up now. Like you're done. So, you know, there's opposites. Like there's a company that screwed up. They, they didn't rectify it. I would say too, with what Mackenzie asked, don't, wouldn't you get, wouldn't you say though, for like 95% of the time, if it gets to that, it's because the business owner has already failed Absolutely. in making that. No one's going to just, without trying to contact you or mentioning it to you or whatever, is going to just go straight to Instagram with no previous interaction and start bashing you. It's usually like they've had multiple experiences with you. They didn't like them. You didn't even say anything. You should have. They probably mentioned something or whatever. And 95% of the time, it's because they've tried already like that guy did and nothing happened. So now they're ticked because like I've spent money, I've spent my time and nothing was, it, it was horrible. Now I'm just going to bash you because you're not a company worth using. It's yeah. a sad thing, but it happens. Yeah, absolutely. Most of those times that, you know, when somebody's taking such a destructive um, reaction because it's because they, they don't feel seen, they don't feel heard and they don't feel valued. And so I mean, like any time that I've ever had an issue with, you know, a client, it's really just her wanting to communicate something and make sure she felt seen, she felt understood. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there's been times where I haven't had to go back. You know, we were able to come up with a different solution. Like it's just being willing, making, putting yourself in your client's shoes and making them feel valued. Like I value you as a customer. I care that you spent money yes. on my business. And so what your opinion, your word of mouth is important to me. And yes. so, you know. Let, let me say this because we were going this direction before she asked the question. You started your business, no one knows you. This is gonna be one of the most important parts of this broadcast, so please listen to this. You've started your business, no one knows who you are. You have a product, no one knows how great it is except you. You have to get your product to people and then make them wanna pay for it. Uh, I'll use a couple examples. Britt is a good example because she does the cake pops. The, her cake pops are amazing. I know that because I've eaten them. I can talk about it, but nobody knows how good they are until they've tasted them. That's the key. Um, you know, if, if like for example, if I ran Britt's cake pop, pop business, I know what it costs to make my cake pop or whatever. 
I would be in every office park anywhere close to my house. I would be going into every business and handing them to reception desks, to people, people working in their office. I would, I would be building out huge boxes of cake pops uh, and going into every office and saying, hey, we, I made these for you guys. I'm a professional cake pop. I'm a cake pop ear. And, 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 and I make these. And everyone, and I would drop every box off with tons of business cards, tons of flyers, with the website really big on the front so they know how to get a hold after they've been addicted to the cake pops from the first taste. They know how to call you for kids' birthday parties and they call you for you know weddings and they call you for anniversaries and they call you just because they want cake pops in their house and all these different things. And I'm giving them away for free because I believe in my product but number two, once you taste my product, you will believe in my product, but I can't get you to buy it if you've never tried it. It's worth the free stuff, right? So let me give you another one. If I was starting out as a photographer and I'm like, I don't, I don't know, nobody knows I'm a photographer. Let me tell you what, what, what I would do. And this is totally true and you have to be careful because this can get creepy, but make yourself, okay, this is totally true. I would totally do this. Make yourself a professional, like whatever your business name is, you know, it's, let's just say it's like New Horizon Photography. Get a nice bright colored polo, yellow, orange, whatever. Have your logo on the chest, New Horizon Photography. Make a matching hat, orange, yellow, whatever, New Horizon Photography. Take your quick camera, go out to kids' soccer games, to kids' baseball games, to kids' football games, go out, whatever. And as the game is happening, you're taking, as looking like a professional photographer, not some creepy dude with a windowless van, you've got like a photography outfit on. And you're taking, and you're going back, uh, you're, you're, you're schmoozing at the end. Hey, was your kid out there today? Listen, I got great pictures of the game. I'm a professional photographer. Here's my card if you'd like to look at the pictures. I'm gonna put all the pictures from this game up online. If you see your kid, it's free to download. You can take professional pictures of your child. You can download them, use them, print them. You know, I've given up the copyrights to them. You can have them for your family, whatever you want. If you ever need me for uh, your kid's school photography, whatever, it's all on the site. I'll give you a great deal. With the business card is a 25% off discount. That's how you get out there. Like, I'm giving my work away up front to you for free because I know how good I am at it. Once you see what I've done already, you'll want to now book me to do more because you're like, oh, this dude gave me, look at the, the pictures came out really good and here's his card. I get 25% off. Give discounts. Yeah, Give for things sure. for free. I, when I started my photography business, I, when I launched my first website, because you have to show as a photographer, you have to show what you want to book. Like as any business, you have to show what you're selling. You have to, you know, and I didn't have any pictures because I knew what I wanted to photograph. But in order for people to want that, I have to show that, that I do that, like you're saying. Yep. So I, I put out like model calls and I did, I did so many free shoots, which were, I mean, beneficial in numerous ways. A, I launched my first website and my entire portfolio was friends and people who volunteered to model for me. It gave me the experience and the practice of shooting in different local locations. That's important as a photographer because I need to have like a repertoire of like, this is where I photograph so that when families ask me, I again, become the expert. They have a problem, they want family photos. I'm not only expert in taking family photos, I know exactly the perfect locations that you're looking for. Um, and so that, I, I couldn't sit there and be like, oh, well, I need models for my website, so I'm going to you know, charge full price because my time is valuable. 
in the beginning, you, ha you have to be willing to spend and understand that it takes money to make money. And I know that's like yes. a common saying, but it's really true. Talk you about that. You have to spend money to make money. And sometimes that's spending your time. Um, you know, something that I did that you just have to kind of like think outside the box. So I, I made it more of a, they're going to get free pictures out of it. I encourage them to work with a professional hair and makeup artist. So some of them, we did like a trade. They pay for hair and makeup. I gave them pictures for free. They get like a whole like spa day out of it where so many moms were like date night because they got their hair and makeup done. They got free pictures. So, I mean, I'll, I know a lot of photographers know how to do that. That's like a common, that's a pretty commonly known thing when you start you a photography in, in business. In the Christian world, it's not that known. It's, it's People start businesses really and they surprising don't do to me. things like this. Like, no matter what you do, you've got to look at it as a marketing budget. Like, we've talked about that before. Like, yes, you're, you're giving something away, but you're, that's a marketing tool. You're spending money, but it's for the marketing of your business. So, like, you know, you were using that cake pop example because it's such a good one, but it's, it's such like, it's true though, like tasting them. Once you've tasted cake, like those cake pops, Crumble. you have a completely different you have a completely different value on them than yep. just hearing that they're good. Crumbles yep. the same way. Yep. Once you taste them, you'll know while Got Sunday donuts. night. Absolutely. So there's so many things that um, you I know because we've tasted <laughs> because we've tasted, we know the value. And so no matter what your product is, samples Samples are so important or giving things away. How many times have you bought Japanese food, Chinese food in the mall because you got a piece of honey chicken from a plate <laughs> off of a toothpick and you're like, honey chicken? You're like, you know what? I will have a piece of honey chicken. And then you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go buy some honey chicken. Absolutely. Or like if you're doing a service, like you want to start online coaching, whether it's like for a specific like you know, you're going to do, I don't know, online coaching for piano lessons or online coaching for mentoring of some sort. You know, give some away for free. Like, go up to somebody that you feel like would be a great example of. You're mm -hmm. you're who I want to work with, and I want to work with people like you. So, will you walk through my program? A, it gives you the practice, gives you the ability to further map out that client journey because you're having the hands-on experience. But you'll get a testimony from them to use mm -hmm. on your website. I worked with so and so. This was. You'll get their I feedback. Like how to Talk make it better. Talk about that for a second. Um, Talk about the testimonials because. One of the things that I was reading, that's is really, really a cool point. I was reading a psychology book on this that's like slash psychology slash business. But one of the things we have to realize is true in 2021 is we just blindly believe other people's reviews. We just blindly believe them. Um, you know, if you've got two products sitting in front of you, two restaurants on Yelp, whatever, Amazon, you look at that, they're the exact same product. Even you look through the specifications, they're all the same thing. And you see one has 3,200 reviews that's four and a half stars, and the other one's only got like 180 reviews, and it's like four stars. You're picking the other one. Why? Because you think somehow, even though you don't know anything about this, you think somehow, well, 3,200 people have said this is good, and only 200 people have said this is good. Well, they, these 3,000 must be right. It may not be right, but we believe them. We don't even know who they are, but we believe them because we believe reviews and we believe testimonials. Absolutely. So if you don't have a business yet and you are looking to have that um, on your website, that's a way to do it. Doing a service for free, giving a product away for free, and that's part of the, will you give me your honest feedback and use that as testimonies. Mm -hmm. I've done it where I haven't had, it was never part of my workflow to ask for testimonies. I always felt really weird asking people for their feedback. Like, yeah. will you write a review for my website? I always, like for my personality, that was like so cringy and weird. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I actually like approached it from, 
I want to work with more clients like you. I want to work with, That's you know, really I loved working with you. I want to work with more clients like you. And I value your time. So I send it out to all my past clients. And I said, any, you know, if you fill it out just as a thank you for your time, because I know you're a mom, I know you're busy, I'd love to send you a $5 gift card to Starbucks. I'll buy co coffee on me yep. for filling out this quick review. Totally. Made it so super easy for them. Um, and you it's can, not cold, like just some random person. Like you have a relationship with them already. You've worked with them already. Oh, so yeah. Is it so much different? Because so many times, I mean, how many emails do you get of companies being like, how was your experience? Yep. Like, I'm, I'm so busy. Like, I don't want, unless it was like blew me away. Mm -hmm. So A, it was like one of those things where I realized I haven't been making testimonies part of my workflow. It's so important for my website. So I made it so that like I, I was honest with people. Like people are just honest. Like I'm building my business. I loved working with you. I want to work with more people like you. You are amazing to work with. I'd love to buy you coffee as just a thank you for filling out this review. So that worked great. And then I decided, all right, well now I need to make that part of my client workflow. Where in their experience can I ask them for a review so that it's not missed and it's never an opportunity. Like I'm never stuck in that situation where I'm like, I don't have any testimonies. Now I got to email everybody and ask. It's now part of their experience right after they work with me. Here's your opportunity. Here's instructions on how to leave a review on Google. Here's, you know, making it easy Make for it people. Easy. Make it easy. Value their time. Put yourself in their shoes. Like I know what it's like when you get an email that's asking for feedback. Like it's totally. oh, it's like a chore. Like even if it was great and nothing was wrong, it's still like I need an incentive. Like you've got to give people an incentive for spending time. No question. Spending the money. So one of the things that I, that I will encourage you, uh, Jenna said the same thing. I was just looking at Airbnbs and I picked one over the other based on the review totally. alone, yeah. just alone. And I totally agree and I identify with that and everyone does. But the key, the key being too, as you're moving forward, it's, it's like this, start where you are. Mm -hmm. Like one of the biggest things that stops people from doing what God's asked them to do and, and you step out in this, this step of faith really to start your business, to do your thing, is they think, well, if I just had this piece of gear, if I just had a bigger space, if I just had this, and they always based on whether, based whether or not they're gonna get started on what they currently have. Let me give you the biggest piece of advice that will help you forever. Start with what you have now. Become a master of the thing you have right now. Find ways to make it do what you didn't even know it could do if you have to. Like, I'm, I'm talking about like, you know, there was people, Charlie, Charlie asked, Charlie Moore asked, he said, would you consider like a YouTube channel a business? If it's making money, it is. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of YouTube channels making money, a lot of them. They'll, they'll say, well, you don't, how, much, how do you make money on a YouTube channel? Because they build a following, number one, Let's say she was doing it for the the newborn tutorial YouTube channel, right? Well, people, she's built a tribe, she's built a following, but then where does she go from there? You're not going to make a lot of money on Google AdSense for like views on YouTube. So what do most creators do? They create um, courses, online courses that you can buy and go through specifically how to do newborn photography. You can do that. Some people sell merch for their channel. There's all kinds of ways. They do partnerships, they advertise products. She might advertise, she might get such a following that Canon says, hey, would you talk about our new camera that just came out or whatever. They do all these brand placement things. There's different ways to do it, but if it's making money, it's a business. If it's making money, it's a business. But you gotta start with where you are. What if you wanted to start some kind of a business like that, but all she had and of course it'd be different for her because she's a photographer, she would have a camera. But what if you didn't, what if you just had a cake pot business and you were like, I need a YouTube channel that's gonna promote my business, but all I've got is this phone. 
And it, man, if I could just get a DSLR camera to do video in my house, if I could just get lighting to do video in my house, how about just hold this up and do videos with your phone? You know, whatever it might be. Go outside at the golden hour, whatever it is, and take videos of yourself talking for your YouTube channel. Start with what you have now and, and watch it blow up. I think I've used this example before, but uh, raise your hand in the comments section if you remember the 90s band Sublime. If you remember Sublime, throw a hand up in the comment section. Sublime, they sold so many albums. You know, if you go back to that album where they did, I don't practice Santeria, that song, they recorded that whole song in their living room. They had an eight track recorder, eight track recorder. They plugged all their instruments into it and they just did all their overdubs and all their recording into an eight track in the person's living room. And then you know what they did? There was a local college that said, well, because no one's using the college at nighttime and we have a relationship with one of you guys, you can just come in at night when no one's using the studio at the college and mix and master your album. So they recorded it in a living room. That's all they had. And they went into a local college with who knows what they had gear and did it at night for free because they had a relationship. And they didn't wait for some Nashville studio to pick them up or LA studio. They didn't wait until somebody came in and produced them professionally. They just worked with what they had. And then they sold all kinds of albums because you start with what you have. You do with what you have. And, and that's how you, that's really, uh, if you can become a master of this, it'll blow your mind what you can accomplish. Like just, uh, you say, well, I could record on my phone. Record on your phone. It's like, well, I'm going to launch a podcast, but I need a professional mic. I need a studio. I need, uh, no. How about just talk into your, into your phone and post it? You know, learn how to use the tools that are free. Well, if I could just buy Pro Tools, if I could just buy Garage, no, or Logic. No, just use GarageBand that's already on your computer. Use um, whatever that PC version is that uh, everybody uses that's free. Whatever you got, free is better. Starting now. Done is better than perfect. It is. Done is better than perfect. Why don't you talk about it? I feel a strength it. on that. <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> no, I mean, a podcast is a great example. So many people listen to really, um, you know, popular podcasts, and a lot of them started, you know, and they'll even honestly admit, I'm recording this in my closet because all of the clothes are yep. acting as that, you know, giving me the good sound, and I'm literally sitting on the floor while, you know, somebody's watching my kid in the other room. So, People, people have an idea of what they think behind the scenes is for really professional businesses. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of the times they don't even know like what it is when you start. Um, I think photography is such a good example because, you know, it, there's always new gear. There's always new cameras. There's always new lenses. And I started my business with one camera, way different than the model I have today, one lens. And I got a really great piece of advice from another established photographer. And she said, um, you know, she said, don't, don't invest in new gear until you yourself as a photographer have outgrown the camera that you have. Like you master that camera until you no longer, like it's holding you back, not, you know, keeping up appearances, feeling like you need to have the next thing. And that's really tr true of any tool. Like as you get going in your business, as you go to each new level, you're going to want to invest in something that brings you to the next level. Okay, like now I'm here, I'm making this much profit. Now I need this software. Now I need this system. I did it manually before. Maybe I was using a Google spreadsheet before for, you know, keeping track of numbers, but now I can afford a monthly subscription to this program that's going to make my life so much easier. Um, Let me ask you this. Would you say that it would be a better move generally 
to spend the money on marketing versus gear? Well, it, it depends. Like you, you, you need gear to actually have, like you don't want to market something that you're not able to produce. Right. So like it, it needs to be an accurate, what you're marketing needs to be an accurate representation. So but, if your marketing is an accurate representation, spend the money on the marketing versus the gear. Yeah, if, you're, if you, what you have is, is getting you by and is producing a product that you are, you're selling, then yeah, marketing, because the more that you book, the more money that you make, you're gonna be able to increase. You're gonna be able to, because a lot of people, like I get what you're saying, a lot of people will put all of their budget into gear and tools. And no but one knows who no, they are. No one knows who they are. And so they, yeah, I, I know a lot of people like that that spend a lot of money on having all the best lenses, all the best, you know, photo, you know, camera bodies, all the best, all this, you know, all the things. And then they never do anything with it because no one, you, you're not even able to use your tools because nobody could find you. You didn't spend yeah. money on a website. You didn't spend money on, you know, social media. You didn't, you know, and things like that. So that's, that's a really good, a I really think, good point. I think the way to ask it, you know, ask yourself, you know, how would anyone know about me? Mm -hmm. You know, ask yourself that question like, how would anyone know about me? And even if they did find out about me, is it easy for them to contact me? Ugh. Is it easy for them to book me? Like, you know, if they found me, because you know, you know how, um, you know how it is like with people, right? It's like people want, uh, okay, let me give you one of my biggest annoyances. Uh, and I do mean biggest. And I used to do this because I worked with the church. And so I was always having to get them quotes for everything. One of my biggest annoyances is going to a website, like a printing website, and, and I look at all their products and they look good. And then I go to the pricing page and it says, call for a quote. I hate that with all of my heart because I don't want to interact with you. I just want to know that that's what I can get and I know what it's going to cost me to do it. And then and if, if your price is good, see, because what people want to do is they want you to get, get hooked on the phone and then they work with you on, what, what, well, what's your budget and what... I don't need any of that. Just tell me what your price is compared to everyone else's. And I, if I saw that, I would never go back to those sites again, ever, because it's like so frustrating. Like do this, come up with something that's acceptable to you. You know, is this price acceptable to you? If it is, put the price out there. Don't do that whole like, well, let's work with your budget. Like I'd like to make more out of your pocket, but I just gotta know how much money you have first. Like no, come up with a price that's acceptable to you and let that be your price and advertise that price. If you give discounts based on multiple units, list that. Say, you know what, we do have a bulk discount. If you buy this, if you buy five of them, it breaks down 20% off. If you buy 10 of them, it's 50% off, whatever. Set, if it, make it acceptable to you, set it and run with it. If you feel like you gotta bump your price up, the, the clients that feel you're worth it will pay the price. But like when you start out, you have to realize like, one of the things you got to realize when you start out is you have to know the industry level pricing of what you're offering. That's so important. Like she needs to know when she's starting out, like, well, what do newborn photographers really charge? Yeah, Cause you gotta, you gotta know, you gotta know where it's at. And then you undercut the crap out of them because nobody knows you. So like, why would they book you with no experience if they could book somebody with 20 years of experience that costs the same as you do? They're not gonna do that. There's a, well, they've been doing it for 20 years and they're great at it. You're learning. Okay, someone might take a chance on you because you're learning if you're like 40% cheaper than the, uh, everybody else in the market. 
You're like, well, you know, I can't afford to do that. Well, you don't have the studios that these other people have and the lease agreements and all the, all the employees and all the, you're starting out in your bedroom. You know, it's like Denise said, Glenn had his side bedroom with three clients and two kids under two. And it was like, okay, it's a different world for you right now. Wouldn't you agree with that? It's like, know what the pricing is in your industry. Yeah, and absolutely. And then as you start, undercut it. When you're, when you're first starting out. Yeah, when you're first starting out, you want to be smart and you want to be aware. Like, that's not a time to have your blinders on as far as, like, making up your own thing because you have to remember that people aren't just looking at you. They're looking at everybody else mm-hmm. and they're making a comparative choice. As you get more established, I couldn't re- recommend putting your blinders on anymore because then you're going to get to a place where I know what I'm charging and you've done the work and you know what your overhead cost is. And that's something I always encourage people when they're, you know, that's a whole other talk when you're defining the pricing of your business, products versus services, putting value on your time. Um, I, I can look at what somebody else is charging and I can't necessarily, it, when I'm established, use that as a comparative tool because some newborn photographers have a studio. Mm-hmm. I travel to their homes. So like that's, that's different. You don't know what somebody else um, has as their overheads or why they're charging what they're charging. They might be up to their eyeballs in debt. You don't know. You're just looking at like, oh, they charge $500. I'm going to charge $500 because right. a lot of people make that mistake and think that, oh, well, they're successful because they look successful online. So I'm going to charge what they charge. Um, but in the beginning, I, I couldn't agree more. So in the, in beginning, the beginning, be willing to make sacrifices. Know that you're not going to make a ton of profit right from the gate. But every decision you make is looking at this is my end goal. This is where I'm going. And so by giving this session away, I was able to book this price. Um, I mean, book this client at this price. And so you just slowly, you know, increase. So I would say it's definitely different in the beginning th- than it is think, at the think end. Think of it this way. It's a gradual uh, ascent. But at the beginning, your real goal is building relationships, getting your name out, letting people understand you have a great product. I mean, that, that, those are really your three main goals when you're starting out. Is, is I got to build relationships. I got to build my tribe. I have, to, I have to let people know that I have this ability and I have a great product that they need. I'm solving problems for you. So there are, there are things you have to do to get people to take a chance on you that may not know who you are, that may want to, and, and the more expensive your, your service or your product is, the more you're going to have to do that. If, something, if it's something that people are like, oh, I could, like for, for example, cake pops, I can buy a batch of cake pops and it's not going to cause me to have to like think about my budget for the month. But if, but if I'm booking a newborn photographer and it's going to cost me three grand or five grand or whatever it's going to be, I don't know what her pricing is, but whatever it might be, now I'm starting to think like, am I going to take a chance on, you know, putting $3,000 out there. I don't know this person. I don't really know what they do, how long they've done it. You know, all these things have to be thought out. It's like, if I could go and find somebody else that's been doing it and has all this massive portfolio and they're only, you know, $2,800, but she still wants $2,700, whatever. I'm going to go with the person that has this massive portfolio and has been doing it for 20 years. Whereas if you're like, listen, I'll do it for $1,500. I'll do, I'll do it for $1,800. You know, you're living in your bedroom and you just have to make rent. I, you know what I mean? It's like you have to think that way to get your name out. You have to build the relationships. You have to do the work. Then you build the portfolio and the more you start doing, your quantity increases and then you can start being selective. You might be doing like football games and baseball games and sorry, and, and graduation photos and wedding and, mm-hmm. and you want to get to only newborn. But you got to do all the stuff first. I, I heard an artist say one time, I do all the things I have to do so I can do the things I want to do. So like I was like that. Like as, as a designer, I didn't get to do like all the greatest creative projects. It was like 
most of my stuff was like law firms, politicians, everything was red, white, and blue. Everything was Times New Roman font. They all want the same thing. That doesn't charge my creative juices, but you know what? All their checks always cash. All their checks always cash. Some dude that's starting a band in his garage that wants this cool looking logo and cover art and he doesn't have any money. It's going to charge my creative juices, but his checks don't cash. So like I can do those things that like let me do my creative thing because I'm doing the things I have to do to do the things that I want to do. And the more you, the more you do it, the more you can become uh, a person that just stays in your niche. But like, you can't start that, that way. You have to do it. Like I need everybody, (laughs) anybody that contact. it's like that as a preacher, you know, as I was an evangelist, you know, like when I was a young evangelist, let me tell you, I took every speaking engagement that anybody was willing to throw my way. It was like, do I want to sing songs in a nursing home bedroom? You better believe I do. You know, it's like, do you want to speak to this, you know, uh, third grade chapel at this Christian school? You better believe I do put it on my calendar. You know, you, I'm, I'm take, I'm being faithful to take everything that comes my way that the Lord's opening up. You can't stay doing that forever because your time's not there. You can't do it forever. I mean, it just doesn't work out that way. But when you've got nothing going on, it's like, I can't imagine turning a client away because they called me up and they were like, you know, I see your stuff and I really want to use you, but our family's on a really tight budget right now. And I know your price is 3000, but I can really only do $1,800. I can't imagine like having no other clients on the line. I mean, like, I'm sorry, my price is three grand. It's like, you don't have anybody else calling you. Take the job and make the $1,800. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And not everything is known. So like if you're, maybe you're working towards, you know, niching down into only doing a certain direction, just because you take another job, that's kind of like, you know, you didn't blast it on social media, but you took that job and it gave you the money that you needed to get the website that you wanted. Or, you know, there was a lot of things as I knew I was going towards wanting to, you know, specialize in newborn photography where I did senior portraits. I did, you know what I mean? I didn't blast them on Instagram and say, I'm booking senior portraits now too. But when somebody would come to me and ask and they seemed like a great client to work with, I was like, yeah, I actually will take that because that will help me, you know, get to the next level of purchasing something else that I need. But you said something a few minutes ago that I wanted to circle back to because it's something that I feel like a lot of people don't pay enough attention to is knowing how clients are finding you. So whether you're in the beginning and you're trying to figure out, okay, where do I need to be putting my money and my time for marketing, have a way that you know how clients are finding you and do more of what's working. Because a lot of people will get stuck on, man, I got to figure out this this algorithm on Instagram. They're not showing my posts anymore. I need to do this, do that. Meanwhile, actually all your last five customers found you on Google and you haven't been paying it. You haven't been, you know, doing all the things on Google that you need to be doing. But if that's where people are searching for you, how can I do more on Google to Mm -hmm. get found? So have a way, whether it's your contact form, have something. I, I do that when a client con- contacts me. I just say, how did you hear about me? It's a simple like drop down of, and that lets me know what's working. It lets me know um, I'm a big data person. I like to know what's working and what's not so that I can make smarter decisions. And so I quickly learned that my word of mouth clients were the ones that were booking. So when I got an inquiry from a word of mouth client, they were more likely to book quicker and faster than a inquiry that found me on Google because they had like a foot in the door as far as like, well, my sister worked with you mm-hmm. or my friend worked with you. And so right. like I realized, oh man, word of mouth, those are my most valuable inquiries. Totally. So I need to get more word of mouth. So if you don't have that information, you're not going to know. So I feel like a lot of businesses that I talk to, if I ask, how are you booking, how are your coaching clients finding you? How are you, how are people finding your products? A lot of people don't 
know the answer to that. They actually are yep. like, oh, well, I actually, you know, I, you know, maybe they were doing a Facebook ad and they spent a lot of money on a, boosting a post on Facebook, but their clients are actually coming from, you know, something else, Instagram yep. or something like that. So no it, it's important to know and constantly evaluate what's working, what's not. Let me put all my time and energy into what is working so that I can see more of the good results instead of just magically thinking that every marketing thing you're doing is working. Like you might do something like you are saying, going to the business part, giving out your product for yep. free, getting in front of people. And like, I think really, I really do believe that for every, every business, word of mouth is your most valuable thing. Mm -hmm. Because people trust people they know. That, that's the thing. People trust people they know versus an ad, right? If I get an ad <clears throat> that pops up for this, for like for, I'm scrolling Instagram and I'm going through stories and all of a sudden I get a story that pops up for some photographer. But you know, I'm gonna trust that so far. But then if I've got like a good friend of mine that's like, listen, I'm, I've been working with this photographer. They are excellent. Like I couldn't even tell you like all, all of the professionalism I've seen working with them over the last, you better believe that like that's 800% on my level versus like 50% on this Instagram ad. So I don't know how much money this person dropped so that I could see their Instagram ad and stories, but you better believe that I'm going with the guy that my buddy knows because he is like raving about this guy or whatever it might be. That's why I said, there's gotta be a way where you are making relationships. That's why I'm talking about samples. That's why I'm talking about doing free work for people and doing things that like getting yourself out there because once they've connected with you, that right there is so massive. Like, what about those guys that come around in your neighborhood and they're like, hey, just wanna let you know, we're doing, uh, we're, we're, we're cutting trees in the neighborhood. Several of your neighbors, we've already done, we've done like four of their trees. We've cut the trees. Uh, if you have any trees that need to cut, talk to your neighbors, see if they're happy with, with what we've done for them because here's my card. We can cut your trees at a really, since we're in the neighborhood this week, whatever. Boom, now I can talk to my neighbors. Like these guys do a good job. Oh, they're awesome. They're so quick, they're quiet. They don't mess with anything. And then all of a sudden I've got a, what is that? A connection point. It's not just me talking to the business guy, my neighbor now who I have relationship with is like, man, they're really good. Like they're, you know, that is where that, that's the point that you need to be uh, uh, benefiting from. You need to find out uh, building those relationships, letting people try your product, letting people see it, letting people, and then, you know, people love free stuff and people love discounts. Yeah, who doesn't like free stuff? I mean, they really do. And, and, and I'm, I'm blown away by how many Christian businesses I see that like want to charge through the nose. There's no break. There's no discount. There's no, none of that. It's just like, well, we're a Christian business or, you know, whatever it might be. It's like, I don't know anything about you. I have no reason to, to use you. Like, you know, I, why would I not just keep using the guy that I've always used? Like, I've got no reason to switch unless you give me one, like give me a reason to choose you. Like that's, that's the thing that people need to get. It's like, give me a reason to choose you. You know, people didn't even know they needed cake pops until you walked into their office and put a box of them on their desk and said, try these. And they're like, I didn't even know what that is. What is that? It's called a cake pop. That's amazing. That tastes amazing. It was like a vacation for my mouth. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, you go and it's like, yes, I need that in my life. How much are these? Well, normally they're this, but since I'm here today, I've got this card for you guys. If you want to get them for the whole office or whatever, here you can get like 50 of them for this price. Here's a card to use the, the uh, checkout code on my website and I can, you know, whatever. You know, that is the kind of thing that gets you 
relationships and then it, and then it opens up doors. Yeah, you have to recognize the difference between taking yourself seriously as a business owner and recognizing incredible marketing opportunities that are going to bring you back so much business because of like one thing, you know, that you decided to give you decided to give away. Absolutely. No question about it. So we talked about starting not being afraid to start with what you have because there's always going to be you could get, you know, stuck in that place of not moving forward until you have all the best things or you could be operating your business out of debt because you wanted to keep up appearances and feel like you had the best of everything. But then, and I didn't start with this one because I knew that we could just totally probably spend an entire broadcast on not being a cheap Christmas, uh, cheap Christmas owner, cheap Christian business owner. Um, Because there's a difference between, you know, all right, I'm not going to, I'm going to be willing to start with what I have. It might not be the best of everything, but I'm going to start here. But then there's a place where I feel like too many Christians get stuck not wanting to spend any money to make money. And so it's those marketing things we've talked about, but it's also a lot of other things like websites. Please make your website look like you're a professional business. Please. I can't, Please. <laughs> can't stress this enough. Please. And here's being another practical. One. Have a website. Have a website. Have a website. Do you know I won't even go to a church? I refuse to go to any church that invites me to come preach if they don't have a website. You say, are you serious? That doesn't sound like kingdom minded. Let me tell you why. Don't tell me that you're interested in reaching this generation if you don't even have a website in 2021. Well, you know, we don't have a website. We just use more of a Facebook page. I'm not coming. Back to you. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be, people get stuck in thinking it has to be this super complicated thing. Even if you have a one-page website that says, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I sell, this is what I offer, here's how to contact me. Most people can't even say their website does that. So it doesn't have to be if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on this professional designer, and it's got to have all these pages, and it's got to have video, and it has, those things are great, and you'll be working towards having an amazing website like that in the future. But have a functional professional website that people can read. It's clear what you do. I always, um, I, I use this example when I first got started, I was feeling frustrated that I wasn't booking the kind of clients that I wanted to book. I felt like I was, you know, I was constantly working with people who were trying to haggle me on price and I was already at a very affordable rate. And so I just was kind of frustrated that I felt like everyone else was booking these clients that I wanted to book. And so I did this mental exercise of, okay, I'm thinking about an actual person that I would love. If she booked me, man, that would be like my dream client if she worked with me. And I started thinking about, okay, she's sitting down and she's pulling up my website. And it started to like make me feel a little like cringy, like, oh man, it's not actually ready for her yet. Like when I thought about her looking at my website, I actually was thinking of all these things that needed to be fixed if someone like her was looking at my website. And so it kind of gave me this ability to pinpoint, okay, I say that I want this, but I'm not actually taking actions that prove that I want this. And this applies to so many different things. This applies to ministries and your giving websites. Like saying, you know, you have to be prepared for the increase that you're saying that you want. So if you want millionaires to be partnering with your ministry, have a website giving page that looks like millionaires give on your website. Um, If you're looking to sell products, if you want your product to be somebody that, or something that, um, let's say, 
events start to purchase. So let's say you're, you know, the pie example, you don't want to just be selling to individuals. Now you want to work with catering companies and you want to work with weddings and you want to be, you know, known as the, if you want pie at your wedding reception, that you work with this person. It's taking the time to think about, okay, well, what do I need to do to get ready for that? Maybe I don't have those people knocking down my door yet. Maybe I'm not getting those inquiries coming in yet, but what can I do that builds for where I want to go? What can I have in place so that when that inquiry comes in, because I feel like people get missed opportunities. I think that things come down the line, people have opportunities and because you weren't ready, because you were spending all this time, wasting time on other things, thinking that like you needed to have this, you needed to have that, instead of just the practical sitting down, okay, if this client that I've never worked with before wants to work with me and it's a bigger job than I've ever done, am I ready for it? So that when they inquire, I'm proud to send her the next steps. I'm proud to send her to, you know, if I'm talking to somebody in the church lobby about the business that I just started, I'm so excited to give them my website. Because a lot of people are like, here's my website, but don't really look at it, it hasn't been updated. And like, people, you know, get really insecure about like, they say that they want these big things, but they're not actually ready for it. They don't have the systems in place. They don't have the workflow in place. Let's say you were doing that and you said like, you got to a place where you didn't want to just sell to individuals, but now to caterers and to like things for them. That shouldn't have to be like, uh, it should, no one should have to call you. Say, like, well, once they call me and say, hey, I'm a caterer, how about on your thing, right on your website, there's like a thing that says, are you a caterer? Click here. Boom. It's already done. And you've thought this through to what you put it. There's a whole page that's designed for a caterer. So are you a caterer? Click here. Boom. And now they're in a page where it's like, hey, we want to be the person at your event. We want to be the person who's providing this uh, what product, whatever it is, for your next uh, catering event, for whatever it is. We have special catering pricing. We deliver. We have this, whatever it might be, and um, and whatever. So, I mean, like, you've already gone ahead of the game, and you've got it set up to where, you know, those things are already on your on your site. You know, we, we try to think like that even for the ministry. Like, what are the things that always take place that people are always asking for? Let's just all have it ready to go, and it's one link share away. It's one click on the website away from everything that people always need. And you're ahead of the game and you're like, you know, I'm just going to wait. I think some caterers are going to call me and then I'm going to have a good conversation with them and find out. No, know all that stuff ahead mm-hmm. of time. Have it on the site. Have it ready to go. It's always right in front of their face on the homepage. Are you a caterer? Click here. Boom. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 it, becomes, it becomes so seamless and then they're so thankful that you didn't waste their time. Yeah, and you want that caterer to feel like you work with caterers all the time and that they've actually found like, oh, we've been looking for somebody like you. It might be the first time you've ever worked with, it's like I'm bugging here. Um, It might be the first time that you've ever worked with a caterer, but if the goal is for them not to know that, for them not to know it's your first time working with a caterer because you've done all the research, you've talked to the right people. What do you feel like is missing? What do you wish the vendors were like when you worked with them? What do you, what could I do that would make me stand out? Mm-hmm. Because you wanted it, so you spent time planning out, okay, this is what I want, so these are the action steps that I'm gonna take that prove that I actually really do want this. Because a lot of people say that they want something, but they're not willing to put the work in to actually make it happen and make sure that they're ready for when God gives you what you're praying for. Because a lot of people spend a lot of time praying for God, increase my business, increase my business. And then they there's an opportunity that comes steps. and there's, they're not ready for that increase. They're not ready for that kind of client. It's, it's too big. Like it's nothing is worse than that feeling of a missed opportunity of like, man, if I had just, if I had had that PDF ready to go, if I had mm-hmm. had that, you know, that yeah. website page ready, I, you know, I could have gotten that amazing job. So 
Yeah, that would be That's Habakkuk chapter 2, Nick. Write the vision, make it plain upon tablets that they may run who read it. The reason that you may not be running in your business, you may not be having things like take off, is there's not a clear outline of what it is that you are going to do. There's not a clear, you don't clearly know even what you're offering. You don't clearly know what you can provide that others can't. You don't clearly understand, uh, you know, the why behind your own business. You know, why would, why would somebody pick me other than other people? Why, why would they work with me rather than someone else? Knowing all these things ahead of time, it allows you to even pitch. Yep. You know, like when I, when I go to, a, if I go to a church, it's like, I never, like I made up my mind, like I never go to a church and be like, hey, I've got a new book. You need to buy it. Like they don't care. Why, why would anybody buy my book over something else they could buy in Barnes and Noble, some Christian bookstore somewhere? I never go up and uh, just say, hey, I've got some products in the bag. You know, I don't ever want to do that. So let's say I was going to this, going to the church and I, and I stand up to talk to somebody about this. I'm going to start by maybe telling a story about why this became so important to me, why this was so vital in my life, why this affects our generation, why Christians need to understand what I'm talking about. You present the problems and then you solve them. You present the problems and then you solve them. That's how, that's how anything good works. It's like, because here's the thing, they may, people that are listening to you, they may not even know it's a problem Yeah. until you point it out and say like, don't you wish this was different? Mm -hmm. Don't you, doesn't this ever annoy you? Like, you know what? That does annoy me. I do wish that was different. You see what I mean? And it's like, so let me show you the problems. This is a problem. You know, you've been hassled with this for too long. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, have you ever just been laying on the couch watching a movie and you want to keep the blanket up over you, but you still got to use the remote and stuff and you still got to grab popcorn, but your arms keep coming out of the blanket and you're so cold <laughs> and you, you want to change the channel and turn up the volume and eat your popcorn, but your arms are freezing. What about a blanket that had arms built into it? I'm solving your problem. I have sewn arms into the blanket and you can put your arms through and still change the channel and eat your popcorn and drink your, but your arms stay warm. It's called a Snuggie. <laughs> if you don't know the problem that you're solving, then your customers aren't gonna recognize that they have a problem that yep. needs solving. That's right. Um, when I first started doing photography, uh, motherhood photography wasn't really a style. It was all pictures of just the baby, but I wanted to do pictures that were the mom with the baby. And mm -hmm. that wasn't really a thing, it was like, maybe one picture out of the whole session. And so I had to start showing what I wanted to book, but with that whole idea of my, in mind of like, she didn't, I want my client to land on my website and she didn't even know that she wanted it until she saw it. And then it was like, now I can't have anything else. Like now that's, that's what I want, even though I didn't even know that's what I was looking for. I was looking for, you know, my newborn in a basket posed a certain way, but now that I saw her pictures, that's what I want. I actually don't even want this. I want this. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's important to do too, is to kind of, you might look at some of the things that you feel like are your shortcomings. Maybe it's something you don't have yet. Maybe it's something, a way that you have to do business that isn't maybe ideal for where you, you want to be in the future. But you can look at those things and say, all right, some people might think that that's a weakness or a shortcoming, but it actually could be my strength. How could it be my strength and what sets me apart? So for example, like I don't have a studio. A lot of newborn photographers photograph in a studio, but I use that to my strength. I come to you come to your house. You don't have to leave your home. I take care of everything, the convenience. So some people, I, I wouldn't have a conversation with a new mom and be like, well, I don't have a studio, but I could come to your home. I, I, I don't even, it's not even an option. Like I, you have to look at things that other people might say, 
Like you can look at what you do, what you offer, your product, your service, and yep. say, what am I doing that nobody else is doing? You might have looked at it in the past as a weakness or a shortcoming, but you can yep. actually look at the opposite and say, this actually could be my strength. No yep. one's doing it like this. Well, you think about it. All your weaknesses become strengths if you're right, if you if you know how to do it right. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not a big company, so you know, well, I need to work with a big company. Yeah, but the, working with me, you'll always get me on the phone. Mm -hmm. I can give you a different level of customer care than some big company can because they're 900 employees. They don't even know your name. You're just like on some spreadsheet in their computer. But I know who you are. I can take care of you better than they can. You know, I can, you'll always get me on the phone. You're, you're always going to be able to work with me personally. We're going to build a relationship together. It's all the things that they thought was a weakness. It's actually a strength because of the fact you turn it on its ear and make it work for you. You always make it work for you. It's like if you ever read, um, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called David and Goliath. It was, uh, and he, he breaks down from a business perspective, the David and Goliath story. And uh, I don't agree with everything he said about it, but one of the things that was interesting, he said, you know, Goliath was expecting somebody to come out against him that was a hand-to-hand -hand combat guy. You know, he's out there with a sword and a spear, and he's out there ready to fight hand-to-hand -hand combat, and he is uh, like a, what you would call a hand-to-hand -hand combat warrior, and they sent out, David's an artillery guy. He's sending projectiles. So it's, it's not fight, it's like somebody that wants to have uh, you know, a, a battle with fists, but you come out with a bow and arrow, you come out with a, a gun and it's like, I don't have to fight you up close because I can fight you from back here. You look at David and say, well, he had a weakness. You know, he didn't have a sword. He didn't have a spear. Didn't need one. Didn't need one because he, he kept his distance from the giant and used artillery. The thing that looked like his weakness became his strength. He didn't have to get close up on the giant. Didn't have to say, well, I'm smaller, so I can't fight you hand to hand. I'll knock you down from far away and when you're out cold, I'll take your sword and kill you. So the, the thing is, what looked like a weakness became his strength because of the way he used it against the giant. And the thing is, that's, that's the case for home-based businesses, small businesses. You are the David. Everybody else is that big Goliath. What are the things you have that give you an advantage over those big, big companies that you know, why do you think all these Nashville studios are shutting down? It's because now people have within their hand as the small man, all the things you used to not be able to get to make your, a small bedroom in your house, a studio, you can record your own music. You're not paying studio fees. You're not paying all these other things. And you can take all the time you want to get it right the way you want it. And they're not making the money because now we're staying home and doing it. And that becomes the benefit. It becomes the advantage. Yeah, I don't have this big, huge studio with all this trick, but I've got all the time in the world and I'm not paying any money and I can do it to my own. See what I mean? You make it your strength. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think, I mean, to wrap up, I think time is probably, like I th you know, was thinking about the things that I would share when it came to this topic of like, God gives you an idea, what do I do next? What practically, what are the practical steps that I take so that it doesn't just become something that was written in some notebook at the end of the year and then, you know, 2022 comes to a close and I'm like, man, I was gonna do that. And I, I never stepped out and, and did it. And I think having the understanding that you choose how you spend your time I know we talk about it all the time, uh, being productive, being efficient, being diligent, um, and, and being known for that as a Christian, being known as a hard worker, being known as an efficient worker. But a lot of people, when you get an idea, you're, you know, like you were saying, you're building a business on the side at night. Maybe you're spending time after the kids are in bed and you have two hours that you, you know, are spending each night 
I built my business and started my photography business when I was a full-time live-in nanny. And I had a little desk in their basement that they gave me, like a little corner in their home. And whenever I didn't have the kids, I was down there learning anything that I could on YouTube, um, learning how to build my own website. It was, I was so passionate about it. And took a sacrifice of time. I wasn't watching Netflix. I wasn't, you know, we choose how we spend our time. And I think that's a big misconception is that we always look at other people and we think, well, she has more time than me or he has more time than me. But nobody has more time than you. We all have the same amount of time. It's just we choose how to spend it. And so when you're looking at your business and where to begin, you have to make decisions on you're going to choose where you spend your money. But everything is going to be a choice of I'm either choosing money or time. Like if you really think about it, you're going to choose to learn how to do your website yourself or you're going to choose to pay somebody to do it for you. You're going to learn how to do that task yourself and figure out, you know what, this is going to be worthwhile for me to sit down and learn how to do this or it's going to be worth it for me to make a financial investment for somebody else to do it for me. So I think choosing how you spend your time and to be self-motivated because Mm. there's going to be times that you're not excited to work on your business. There's going to be tasks that aren't shiny and Instagram worthy and, you know, taxes and all all of that stuff that is not as exciting. Um, There's going to be times where you're not excited about it, but it's still necessary to move you to the next level. There's still going to be things that you have to be diligent about, even if, even if it's, it's not, it's not as exciting. And, um, we quote the book Atomic Habits on the broadcast a lot. It was uh, such a good book that James Clear wrote. Buy and it, read it. He had this quote that I wrote down and stole. I thought it was so good. And he said, when you experience someone else's genius work, a little part of you feels, that's what I could have, would have, and I should have done. But someone else did it. You didn't. They fought the resistance. You gave in to distractions. They made it top priority. You said you'd get to it someday. They took the time you meant to. When this happens, you can take it two ways. You could let that part of you give up and say, oh, well, now I don't need to make that anymore. Or you could do something about that feeling. You could shut off your phone. You could kill the distractions and make it a top priority and spend the time. It takes many hours to make what you want to make. The hours don't suddenly appear. You have to steal them from comfort. And so that was like one of my last part is so good. You have to steal them from comfort, which means when you are normally browsing Netflix, Mm -hmm. you're working on your stuff. When you're normally just sitting around scrolling your Instagram feed, you're working on your stuff. You know, it's no surprise to me that all the most successful people that do things in their business, they don't spend a lot of time watching television. I mean, they've done statistics on this. They don't spend a lot of time watching TV, going on social media, all these other things. They're they're doing their stuff and they're doing their most productive stuff at the beginning of the day before their willpower is gone. I could do a whole nother broadcast on how willpower is a limited substance. It is, absolutely. And once you get tired, it's... It's gone and you're not going to do productive work. That's why they tell you do all the hardest stuff at the beginning of the day, hopefully before lunch, before that downward trend happens where you begin to get tired and all those things happen. And then you get that stuff. You can answer emails after lunch. You can make calls after lunch, Mm -hmm. all those other things. But do the stuff that takes your willpower, you know, before lunch happens And, and invest in yourself. I love what she said. We'll pray and we'll close. But we should get. We need to do these again because there's more to talk about. There's so there's, much more. There's definitely more. Are you gonna do it again with me? Yeah. Okay. So, so before we before we pray for you, listen to this. Invest in yourself. She talked about YouTube tutorials. You can learn anything you need to learn to do what you need to do from YouTube videos. Anything. I promise you. I promise you. My wife knows. I stay up till late in the night, early in the morning, watching, learning how to do new things. 
upping my skills, upping my game because of the fact I know I'm investing in myself to solve problems, to get things done, to make it happen. You can do it. You've got the Holy Ghost. He teaches you all things. He can bring things to your remembrance. You've got all that it takes. You have an advantage, which is the Holy Spirit that helps you. He gave you the vision. He's empowered you, equipped you. You've got the mind of Christ. The Bible says, you know, you, you have no need that any man should teach you for the Holy Spirit teaches you all things. You can do it. You can do everything you need to do to be blessed and to let God use you to expand what he's called you to do. And so I want to pray for you here at the end of the broadcast, because I'm believing that as we come into the last quarter, as we're going into 2022, you will launch out and that you'll be extremely impactful, extremely successful, that God would take you and raise you head and shoulders above the rest as you honor him with what he's put in your spirit. He's put those talents in your hand. Are you going to be like the servant who buried the talents in the ground? Or are you going to be like the servant that multiplied the talents so that when the master came back, he said, well done, good and faithful servant, and then adds more to your plate and adds more to your plate. And God will add more to your plate. If you're faithful over the little, he'll make you ruler over much. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Be faithful with that. And in due season, if you faint not, you will reap. You absolutely will reap. Let me pray for those watching. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for the anointing and the vision and the purpose that you've put on every one of those watching and listening. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to open their eyes, let them see what they've never seen. But today, Lord, give us a, an urgency, a boldness to step out and to take faith action, to take faith action on the thing you've put in our spirit. We thank you we're anointed to do it. We are empowered to do it. We've got your ability and your efficiency and your might. We've got the Holy Ghost. And so, Lord, I pray that as we're faithful to take these steps of action by faith, that quick increase would hit God's people. You, the Bible says you have the key of David and you open doors no man can shut and you shut doors no man can open. So, Lord, open doors for your people. Shut doors where the enemy would try to access them and destroy their, their life, their family, their business, their ministry. And let this be the greatest end to a year we've ever had. And let 2022 be the greatest year we've ever seen. We're asking you, Lord, wonders, produce wonders. That when people see your goodness in our lives, they wonder how it happened. They wonder how it happened. We thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, for those of you that are watching, I saw Cheryl's already doing it on YouTube. Um, uh, you can't use the hashtag on YouTube, Cheryl. It doesn't work for that one. So if you need to do it, um, you can do it on Facebook, but you can always go to miracleword.com. I want to encourage you uh, to partner with us. Raise your hand though in the uh, comments if you'd like to have more of these business style uh, episodes come out. I feel like there's so much Tiff and I always talk about uh, on the other side of the camera that would really be a benefit to people that are that are watching, that are starting businesses, that have businesses. Um, I think we could make it more of a regular thing uh, to do more business style podcasts because people need to know that they have the ability to do more than just a nine to five job. God will increase you. God will bless you abundantly. A lot of hands going up, a lot of thumbs going up. So we'll definitely do more and kind of make it more of a regular thing where we're talking about these principles from a Christian standpoint. And uh, I think we could make it a segment because uh, people need to know that there's a way to do it um, 
with excellence that will see you increase steadily until Jesus comes back. So we will do more. You willing to do more? more. Sounds good. Um, but for those of you that are partnering with us, sewing, we say thank you. Um, there on the screen, you can see all the ways to give miracleword.com. All the ways are on the website. We've made it clear because we have systems and because we know that we have a funnel of what we want you to see, where we, it's easy to navigate. You're not going to have to search through nine pages to find where to go. We've already thought of these things for you. Um, PayPal, Cash App, uh, Zelle, hashtag donate, uh, cryptocurrency, any way that you want to give. You know why? Because we've made those options available. We thought ahead and we made it available. <laughs> I feel mocked, but that's fine. I, I, I'm being serious. <laughs> Jordan, we love you. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do more of this because we want to see people succeed. We want to see people increase. We want to see your business go to another level. We want your kids to be blessed. And so I literally, I can think of like four other things right now that we could do whole broadcasts on that uh, could take the whole time. And uh, we really need to get it across. But we want to maybe, maybe we'll put these together in some sort of a playlist uh, as we're doing them so that you guys can access them on the app. And um, I think it'll be really, really a blessing to you guys as well. So thank you to everybody that's sewing this month. For everybody that is um, sowing seed into the ministry, we have E.W. Kenyon's book, Jesus the Healer. For those that are um, partnering with us at $85 or more, this is our gift to you in the month of uh, October. I had to remember what month we're in. The month of October. And a powerful book by a powerful man of God. And uh, it's our gift to you. If you'd like to receive it, by the way, we're getting calls from a couple of people they're like, I haven't received my book in like month. You have to claim the offer. Unless we get the claim on the offer page, we don't send it because there's people who are like, oh, I don't care. I'm just giving the gift. That's fine. We, we appreciate you. But if you want the book, you do have to go to miracleword.com forward slash offer. And it will uh, let us know where to send it and that you want it. And, uh, and we'll get it out to you ASAP. Also, the magazine, the magazine is shipping. And we got some cool things to show you in there. By the way, one more time, because I'm getting ready to send out a text. I could send it today, really, couldn't I? Yes, you I, could. I could. Mm-hmm. I could send this text today. I am going to send this text today. <laughs> I have an exciting drop for you guys that you're going to want to see. Those of you that are part of the family are going to get the head of the line, front of the line uh, ability to get these in your hands first. Might be out today. I don't know. Sign up if you've never done so. Let me pop it up for you. Uh, bam! That's how you can get on the text family. First in line, miracleword.com forward slash text. And uh, I'm going to be sending out something today to show you. I can't wait to show you. It's dropping. It's actually already uh, ready to uh, order. And uh, I can't wait for you to see it. It's banging. So... Jump on if you haven't. You'll get the text today. You'll get the link to where you can order it today. But on top of all that, we have another few um, exciting announcements in the magazine that we'll be talking about uh, very soon as well that you're going to want to see. So if you'd like to subscribe for the magazine, you've never done that, just go to the website, miracleword.com, and you'll see the magazine on the top of the homepage. Click it, sign up, and uh, you can be a part of it. Also, as I said, if you didn't hear me say this the last couple of days, we now have the ballroom in Allentown, which means instead of only being able to fit 100 partners in a room, they're telling us now we can fit 200 
partners. So we had a waiting list, now it's open. And if you wanna come and have lunch and you're a partner, we sent you the link to, um, to sign up to RSVP. If you wanna come and be, be with us in Allentown for lunch from 12 noon to, to three o'clock, you can now sign up and come and be a part of it. We've got all the room we need. We might even put a dance floor in, have somebody beatbox. Tiffany's gonna do the worm. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, I can't wait to see it. So if you got the text, if you got the email, you know where to go to sign up. But if they don't have the link, we did send that email a while ago. Yeah, if you're a partner, we've got a lot of new partners. A lot of people have started partnering and maybe you want to be a part of this. Um, you can email Jenna at MiracleWord.com. Yep. She will hook you up with all the right links. So if yep. you're watching this and you are wondering what that email is and you haven't gotten it, Jenna can help you. Jenna, J-E-N-N-A at MiracleWord.com. She'll help you with all that you need. If you're a partner, you can get there. But the Friday night before, it's a one night Holy Ghost service in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's Friday, November the 12th, 7 p.m. Central Assembly of God. We want to see you there. Everybody's welcome. It's going to be powerful. And uh, I can't wait. I heard there's a good preacher that night. There's going to be a good preacher. I don't know who it is, but he's going to do a good job. I heard he's going to give a TED Talk. But it's going to be good. Uh, we want to see you guys there. I love you. Don't forget, Carolyn's live today at 2 with a special guest. You're not going to want to miss that broadcast. We love you. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll see you again very soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.